You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Venizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. In the 34th Psalm, in verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, we have to taste it for ourselves. We have to experience it for ourselves. And yes, I know teaching of the Word of God, sermons may aid in providing a limited understanding of Jesus, who He is, what He has done for us. But listen, it's only as He is received into our hearts that he can be known. How do you know God? You need to take the time to learn about him. You can't go through this life and never read the word and expect to gain knowledge of the creator of the universe. You might be thinking though that God is too big, too powerful and mysterious to be known. But that's simply not true. Pastor Mike tells you today that you can find out all about the Lord's character by opening the scriptures and by spending time in prayer. And as you do, you'll start to see your own purpose in his story. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1 as he begins his message, An Inheritance Incorruptible. so grateful. We're so thankful to God that you've chosen to be with us. Take advantage of all of the opportunities that God has to be able to speak to us through his word, week in and week out, all of the different opportunities throughout uh, the month. And so to that end, we're gathered together to hear from God. And we're just trusting that God is going to reward us and minister to each and every one of us in that very relative and personal kind of a way. So let's get right to it. Why don't you go ahead and grab your Bibles. We'll pick up where we left off last time. We're going to begin by reading 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And this is a part of our new series of studies that we just began a couple of weeks ago. There in 1 Peter, the title of that series is A Living Hope. This message, the title is The Inheritance Incorruptible. So with that said, let's go ahead and read verses 3 and 4 of chapter 1, 1 Peter. And then we'll open up in a word of prayer. So there Peter declares, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter begins, he just can't contain himself. He's thinking about all of the wonderful blessings, all of what God has done in his life, all of what God wants to do in the lives of his people that are members of his church. This spontaneous burst of uh, worship that's recorded for us here. Who according to his abundant mercy, notice all of what God has done, Uh, for us is the result of and through his mercy, has begotten us again 
to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, and that's, by the way, where we get the title of this message from, uh, an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Let's begin in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you uh, for providing this opportunity. And uh, Father, I pray that you would reward each one for their commitment to be here. And we're mindful of what you said, where two or more are gathered together in your name. Uh, we will find you in the midst of them. And so, Father, we ask that you would use this time, Lord, as an opportunity to speak to us, to minister to us, to encourage us, to bring healing into our lives. And God, use me as your instrument uh, to that end, to speak to your people. And so, God, we're grateful uh, for this opportunity. Bless now. Let my words be your words. For we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So once again, this message, the title is The Inheritance Incorruptible. Now let's back up a little bit, just to remind you. Last time together, we were talking about how a believer in Christ secures certain blessings. All of what God has done and continues to do within our lives. But last time together, we particularly focused in on that ever living hope. And how did that take place? Well, we discovered last time that it happens through our new birth, that is being born again of the Spirit of God. And listen, if you weren't here last, I want you to know that that message is up on our website at harvestnyc.org. It's been archived, and so you can listen to it there at your leisure anytime throughout the week, and I encourage you to do that if you weren't here last time. But now moving on to the next verse, in verse 4, Peter continues adding to that list all of the blessings that we received of God, all of what God wants to do in our lives. And notice, he speaks of an inheritance incorruptible. And that becomes our first point, so write that down. An inheritance incorruptible. And listen, the way that this is recommended to us here, described for us, is very impressive. I mean, think about it like this. As to its quality, uh, we are told this inheritance is incorruptible and undefiled. And then secondly, as it relates to its durability, Peter tells us it fades not away. And then lastly, as uh, it relates to its certainty, Peter tells us it's reserved in heaven for you. And so anyway, a very impressive description. So what is this inheritance incorruptible? Well, it is eternal life that takes place through our embracing Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But you know, in the final analysis, it is Jesus himself because he is eternal life. And apart from him, there can be no life. Let me give you a couple of cross-references for this. For example, in the 16th Psalm, in verse 5, there the psalmist declares, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. And what is that inheritance? Well, as it relates to Jesus, it's to know him. It's to trust him. It's to walk with him. It's to experience his love, but also love him. Another cross-reference from the New Testament, John's Gospel in chapter 11 and verse 25. Jesus tells us there, 
I am the resurrection and the life. You see, there's no life apart from the person of Jesus Christ. And so from these scriptures and many others throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament alike, it is unquestionably clear that when someone is in Christ, they are possessors of eternal life. This inheritance incorruptible. You know, Jesus put it another way. When in John's Gospel in chapter 14 and verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father except through me. Now, let me break this down further for you. And that brings us to our second point. Let's consider the undefiled quality of this inheritance. What does that suggest to us? Well, I believe that this has reference to that spotless, flawless, nature that Jesus imparts to all who believe in his name, who have taken the name of Jesus, who has received him as their Lord and Savior. I mean, before being born again, going through that conversion experience, we possessed a sinful nature, a nature that we were born with. So in contrast, this could be referred to as the corruptible nature, our corruptible inheritance, which, by the way, was passed along to all of us at birth as the result of Adam's sin. You know, in the 51st Psalm, in verse 5, there David reminds us of this when he declares, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So that's the position that each and every one of us was born uh, into. Another cross-reference from the book of Psalms. In the 58th Psalm, in verse 3, there we are reminded, the wicked one are estranged from the womb, and they go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. And so because of this innate sinful condition that we are born with, there can be no fellowship with a holy God. You see, that corruptible inheritance can lead only to eternal death. And nothing but a divine miracle can change this condition and provide an incorruptible inheritance. You know, there's this story, and I'm hopeful that it will illustrate this point. There's this story of this famous lion trainer who tried to change the nature of some lion cubs that he was raising by adopting an entirely different method of training. He reared them on milk rather than on meat, and he trained them with kindness. Well, one day, as the story goes, when those cubs were now 10 months old, he saw them creeping on their bellies, headed in the direction of his pet burrow, some 50 feet away. But before he could cry out, they leaped at his shoulder, they knocked him over, and they sunk their teeth into the burrow's jugular vein. You see, though fed on milk and kindness, the animal instincts remained. And thus, only a miracle could have changed them. Now, in the same way, how is that relevant to you and to me? Well, in the same way, only a miracle of God's grace and mercy can change our corruptible human nature. You see, the corruptible inheritance 
offers no hopeful prospects for the future. The only thing that we can look forward to is separation from a God. Let me give you a cross-reference for this. Paul tells us in the book of Romans, for example, in chapter 5 and verse 12, Therefore, just as through one man, that is Adam, sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all have sinned. So, after reading this, we ask ourselves the question, is there no hope for mankind? And the answer to that question is addressed here by Peter. He says, yes, God has provided the remedy. And what is that remedy? An incorruptible inheritance that's received by us through the new birth. As we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior and are born again of the Spirit of God. And then he imparts that new nature that's a part of this inheritance, incorruptible and undefiled. You see, when we receive Christ as Lord, when we confess our sins, we're born again. And our sins are blotted out. They're removed as far as the east is from the west. They're thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. How? by the blood, precious blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And it's just as if we've never committed them in the first place. And yes, I know that it's wonderfully unbelievable, and it's really hard for us to be able to comprehend it. Words can't really describe what Christ has done for us, dying in our place on the cross. And it, and it won't be understood that it is and two, we've invited Christ to come into our hearts. And then we have that opportunity to experience it for ourselves. You know, the psalmist put it this way in the 34th Psalm in verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, we have to taste it for ourselves. We have to experience it for ourselves. And yes, I know teaching of the Word of God, sermons may aid in providing a limited understanding of Jesus, who he is, what he has done for us. But listen, it's only as he is received into our hearts that he can be known. You see, there can be no real satisfaction in life until the inheritance incorruptible is possessed by you and me. Well, that brings us to our third point in the form of a question. And here it is. Now, does this inheritance really last? Well, notice Peter answers that question, and he tells us it fades not away. You see, life in Christ is sincerely, and I want to emphasize that word, sincerely, is received into the heart, can never be lost. But now you're wrestling with the question, probably, you're thinking, well, you know, that may apply to some people, but you see, Pastor, I'm unstable. And there are times when I think the wrong thoughts and I look at the wrong things. I've let my guard down and I fall into temptation and sin. Well, listen, God understands our instability better than we do. You see, our inheritance that we're talking about does not depend upon our stability. It rather rests upon God's unchanging love. You see, His love is all-sufficient, and it's inexhaustible 
for every wayward child who will lean upon him. And once again, I want to emphasize that point. Receiving him sincerely. Leaning upon him. You see, in his great love, God foresaw our waywardness. Let me give you a couple of cross-references for this. Like, for example, Paul tells us in the book of Romans, in chapter 5, in verse 8, But God demonstrated his own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, we weren't looking for God. We didn't do anything that warranted God revealing himself to us, uh, saving us, providing this incorruptible inheritance for us, but nevertheless, he did. Why? Because of his great love for you. Let me give you another cross-reference from 1 John in chapter 4 and verse 10. There we are told, and this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. You see, God first loved us, and God foresaw our waywardness, but nevertheless, he loved us still. And for all eternity, he will sustain us by that love. And it's through that love that enables us to continue to stay close to him, come back to him, even after we've uh, fallen, even after we've succumbed to temptation and sin. It keeps us walking in that attitude of repentance towards him. You know, I think uh, Paul put it best, and really sums this whole thing up, when in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, in verse 14, he tells us that there it's the love of Christ that constraineth us. So having graciously given us this inheritance, he keeps it ever living within our hearts. Now, that brings us to our fourth and final point, also in the form of a question, and that is, when will we receive all of our inheritance? And notice Peter answers that question as well, and he tells us that it's reserved in heaven for you. Well, this inspired statement confirms the certainty of eternal life that we possess. You see, you cannot lose it because God himself is reserving it for you. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a travel reservation, a uh, bad travel uh, reservation experience? You know, I, I'm thinking about several years ago, my wife and I took some time out, some, uh, some time off, some R&R time, and we went to one of our favorite places uh, there in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, it's one of my favorite places, Phoenix, Arizona, particularly in the winter, you know, get out of the cold. And so anyway, we had made this reservation months in advance at the, our favorite hotel, one of the hotels that we usually stay at when we're out there. Uh, we got on a plane at Newark uh, Airport uh, real early in the morning, and we traveled to uh, Phoenix, and we finally arrived at the hotel, went up to the front desk, only to find out that yes, they had our reservation, but that there were no rooms available. And how discouraging is that? You're thinking, what are we going to do now? So you travel thousands of miles only to find out that there's no space available. Well, that's never the case in your spiritual experience with God. You see, God has reserved this inheritance for you in uh, heaven. 
So, no true believer in Christ will ever be disappointed because his sacrifice reserves forever the place prepared for you in heaven. And thus we can look forward with absolute confidence to a time of meeting Jesus face to face, to dwell with him for all of eternity. Now, I want to share with you one last cross-reference before we close out this evening's service. It's recorded for us in John's Gospel in chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. And this is Jesus speaking himself. And there he tells us, Let not your heart be troubled. So if there are any who are listening whose hearts are troubled, you're thinking, you know, this doesn't really apply to me because there are times when I'm thinking the wrong thoughts. I'm, I've gotten involved in things that I should have never allowed myself to become involved in. This doesn't apply to me, this incorruptible inheritance. Well, Jesus speaks to that question. What does he say? He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What a wonderful place heaven will be. What a bright future all of us have to look forward to. You know, someone, another writer, expressing what heaven is going to be like when we arrive at that final destination, described it in this way. I want to pass it along to you. Think, and he said, and I quote, think of heaven like stepping on shore and finding it heaven, or of taking hold of a hand and finding it Christ's hand, of breathing new air and finding it celestial air, of feeling invigorated and finding it immortality, of passing from storm and tempest to perfect calm, of waking up one morning and finding that your home is in heaven. And as I said, what a wonderful hope we have, what a wonderful future that is if we are in Christ to look forward to. This incorruptible inheritance, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved for you and for me in heaven. Let me pray for you. So join me together in prayer. Father, we thank you for this incorruptible inheritance and everything that is a part of it, all of which has been made possible through your Son, Jesus Christ. God, strengthen us to always stay close to you and help us to walk worthy of our calling. God, we thank you. Bless now. For we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be. That's all we have time for on today's edition of In My Father's House. Thanks for joining us. Did you know that you can listen to Pastor Mike's teachings on your favorite podcast app? Just search for In My Father's House with Mike Venizio. Be sure to subscribe and let us know you're a listener in the comments. We love seeing how God is using His Word in incredibly powerful ways. 
If you don't yet have a church to call home, we'd love for you to join us for worship this Sunday at Harvest Christian Fellowship. You can find all the information you need at harvestnyc.org. While you're there, you can reserve your seat by clicking on Contact and then the Register link. We're located in Midtown Manhattan, and there's easy access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. If you're not in the area, or if you're unable to attend in person, we'd still like to have you be a part of our time studying God's Word. We're live streaming our services each week, and you can connect on our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. If you'd like to hear today's message again, or to catch previous Sunday messages, click on the Resources tab. You can also watch services through our Vimeo link, or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Links to all of these are available at our website. One more time, that's harvestnyc.org. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to remind you just how much your Heavenly Father loves you. We also want you to know how grateful we are to have you as a part of our listening audience. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to learning more from 1 Peter next time on In My Father's House. Oh